to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Psalm 51. Would you like a title today or I just go? What do you use the titles for? Okay, I love the honesty. Praise God. What's your favorite salvation song? Come to the altar. Okay, what about the other person? Sorry? I've decided to follow Jesus. Father's child. Lesser to Pepperwani. You like that one? I remember it. Is it the one? That's one. That's one. Do you guys remember the song? I think I like the Okay, nice peaks. My my mind change every year, to be honest. Probably every week. Psalm 51, prayer of repentance. Now, um, if you read from the description, it says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to tell him after he had gone into Bathsheba, so David had sinned, and this was his prayer. Now, I want us to read verse 9 to 
Uh, I want us to read maybe from verse 9 to verse 19. So David has sinned in this case, and he's praying a prayer of repentance. So interestingly, his prayer was as follows. He says, Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I'm not sure if we've noticed the other projector. If it's down completely, just send me a message. It says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. I find it interesting that David was more interested in the presence in the Holy Spirit than even his kingship. He never talked about his kingship. Let's go on. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Now that's something that many people, wow, the spirit of God is generous, eh? Amazing. But one thing that I want to mention there, and we'll read the other verses. Um, I'll mention it after we reach verse 19, but we'll come back to verse 12. Verse 13. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Is somebody saying something? He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And then he says, then I'll teach transgressors your ways. So he's also going to convert others into repentance. Let's continue. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Are you connecting this to last week? Notice, you're not saved for nothing. God wants some incense from you. Let's go on. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth praise. Uh huh. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. What this means is there was nothing he could do to pay for his sin. Let's go on. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. That means if somebody came here today, doesn't matter where they've been or what they've done, and they laid themselves before the altar of God, and said, look, God, I'm broken, fix me. Or, I'm sinful, save me. God will never despise that. What he despises is pride. Let's continue. Do good in your, in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Verse 19, finally. Then you will be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. Uh-huh. With burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then they shall offer bulls on your altar. Now let's go back to verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Allow me to mention, ladies and gentlemen, that when we forget the basics of our salvation, that's for those who are already saved. And for those who are not yet saved but will be saved by the time I'm done, this is like your lesson 101. When you forget the joy of your salvation, you will lower the standard of your life. Because for him to say, restore to me the joy of my salvation, it means that's something he had forgotten. 
when you forget what the Lord Jesus did for you. And it's one of the biggest sins in the Bible, the sin of forgetting. When you forget who you were and what you have become, you will, you will have challenges. And then notice that the moment the joy of your salvation is restored, the next thing that follows is a burning desire to evangelize. Because the very next thing he says is, verse 13, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. So let me give you an example. And you allow me to just be blunt. I think by now you trust me and you trust my heart that there's, I'm not being judgmental to anyone or something like that. If somebody in this place, let's say recently, patronized perhaps one of the people who used to patronize a nightclub. Let's say even last night, and somehow someone dragged you to church and you're about to get saved. And you get saved today. Or perhaps you were saved recently. You probably have an opportunity to lead more people who are living like that to Christ than I do. Because in my contact list, there are very few of them, or at least they pretend before me. Probably they blocked me from seeing their statuses. As some are in the habit of doing. <laughs> hey, pastor's my number. Block. Mute from... <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is somebody here might probably know 10 people and may say, look, we were together like this, but God did this for me. He can do it for you as well. Perhaps all 10 will respond Perhaps five, perhaps one, perhaps none, but a seed will be planted in them. And one day when they want the Lord Jesus, they will follow. So, true repentance must then come to a place of evangelism. Because if you know how dark what you were saved from was, you won't want to leave anyone there. Do you remember the rich man who found himself in hell? What did he say? At least send me back to talk to my brothers so that they don't come here. May it never be said of you that that man in his wickedness who went to hell was more passionate about evangelism than you are. May it never be said of you. Praise God. Now, today, in understanding our salvation, I want us to understand the state of man before salvation. So you can title it Understanding Salvation 101 or The State of Man Before Receiving the Lord Jesus. Now as I'm describing this, for some people, this may be your current state. Keep paying attention. There is good news for you. For others, this may be the state you were in. Don't let this condemn you. Rather, let it be a reason for you to praise God that he saved you from it. For others, you may have responded to the autocall, but this is the state you're still living your life in. Let this be a call to change. And then for others, let this ignite, reignite a passion for evangelism. 
Praise God. I was brought up in the church, really. I grew up in the church. As a matter of fact, I wasn't just an ordinary Sunday school kid. I grew up being called pastor. Because I used to preach from a young age. And I mean like big meetings before like the big bishop I'll be on the list. So I grew up being called pastor. Which means naturally the expectations of me from most people were perhaps higher than the expectations on others. Eventually I was a bit irritated by too much expectation. I had expectations everywhere. I also grew up very intelligent. I'm upper, so it's even worse. <laughs> I won't lie to you, that area. That's why I tell people not to come to me for study tips. I'm the last person you should come to for study tips because I don't know them. All I know is you open the book and you read. <laughs> I've, never, I've never known another method. No, you put one leg in water. <laughs> That's why you... <laughs> so I honestly don't know any other method. But then, um, as young as I was, there was a period where I think things of the gospel became very, I can say, I don't want to use the word uncomfortable. I can say I wasn't interested for a moment. It was a bit boring. So I thought. And at some point, I think between the ages of like 12 to 14, I, I reduced my church attendance. And when I did, I was just finding it hilarious. That person speaking in tongues, that one is crying. I even knew who does what in church. Like that's the one for crying. And then there's that person who, when the pastor says, everybody quiet, there's that person who says, that's my cue. <laughs> there's always that person who, that's their cue, right? And my intention at this point was to be a very cool kid. Just cool, you know. Just be cool and become the one. You know what I mean? And had all sorts of inspirations. Oh my God. What I saw in them, I don't know. And I remember one time I'm walking in the road with my friends and somebody stopped me on the road stopped us and said, I want to preach to you guys. Ah, we laughed at the man and moved on with our lives. I still remember him. He was in a brown suit. I need to meet him one day and say hi. I think the suit was like a bit big, so we found his fashion, you know, not so good. So, <laughs> is somebody following? And worldliness grows. I don't know if you've noticed, worldliness grows. How I know is because I observed that I mentally started becoming worse. Here's how I knew that. Because there are certain things that I began seeing as normal, which ordinarily I wasn't raised to see them as normal. And perhaps the major reason I wasn't participating in them was because of my age and my fear of my parents. <laughs> like, you know, it's not the fear of the Lord, but you're afraid that, oh, <laughs> like other homes have got the way they work, but you. <laughs> There's this thing called a whip, which if it interacts with your body, you might feel a certain way. 
And I'll never forget one time I'm with this gentleman and they were like way older because one advantage or disadvantage of uh, skipping a few grades is that almost everyone you know is older. And one time I'm with them and I remember them talking about me and they were using like slang and they were like, Exe, this Kalaiti will be a tough one, Exe. This Kalaiti. By the time he's 18, ah, this he'll be a tough one, Exe. <laughs> For those who don't understand what I just said, they were saying this Kalaiti will be a tough one, Exe. <laughs> And I felt so proud of myself because I was going to become a tough on. <laughs> and then when I was about 14, I'm on a bus one day going home. I really wasn't looking for God. I have to be very honest about it. I was just getting cooler. So I'm on a bus. <laughs> I'm on a bus going home. And I heard God speaking to me. And that's why, you know, things like Sunday school are important. You know why? It makes the voice of God familiar. That's why there are some of you, you'll find, when you came here and you heard the message, it had a familiarity about it. It sounded like something you grew up, you grew up knowing. I heard the voice of God and I knew it was him because what he was saying was the direct opposite of what I wanted. It couldn't have come from me. Direct opposite. Some of you can relate. Maybe you think you've never heard the voice of God before. Do you know that everyone who's saved has heard the voice of God? Maybe just in a different... This day in the scripture said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of the rebellion. Meaning you hear his voice in your heart. How do you think suddenly you, what you were enjoying just the other day, suddenly you were thinking, I need to stop doing that. That was the voice of God. It's the voice of God. <laughs> you know that song, right? Yeah. And he can make a grown man cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard the voice of God and I knew he was calling me to a better life, a greater life. Now, unlike some of you wonderful people, I'm one of those who doesn't even know the date. I didn't know people record dates for such. So praise God for some of you guys who even know the date, the time, the hour, the minute, the moment. <laughs> praise God for you. <laughs> I, I didn't have the privilege of recording that. Maybe the other reason is because I didn't respond immediately. I was irritated. And it took some time. Like God was convincing me for some time eventually my heart started softening and I confessed the Lord Jesus and it's not very long ago it's very <laughs> I'm not one of those who can say I've been in the faith for a very long time I'm like really privileged okay so it's not very long ago it was about I think 13 years or something and um, everything changed Everything changed. I started cutting down on certain things. Then there are other things which maybe you're not really cutting down, but you start feeling uncomfortable. Then I said, studying the word and studying. Then I know when I became on fire. 
There is a day, you know, today I've caught the fire. Later that year, I started speaking in tongues. I didn't want anyone to see that I was speaking in tongues. Because now, rather than being the cool worldly guy, I wanted now to be the cool Christian. <laughs> like just transition, but just still maintain your cool. And then, you, know, you know how I started speaking in tongues? I was praying with my mother and my sister. And then I was hearing languages in my chest. Can you imagine? I was like, what's this? And then my sister turns to me and says, the Lord is saying, just speak. Like, and so I said so the next day we're having intercession at church I don't even remember who was leading you see why intercession is important and as we're having intercession I could hear the languages I said okay let's try this then I went before I knew it I was speaking in tongues so I like covered my mouth I didn't want anyone to see it I'm like a cool Christian I'm not, I'm not that, that tongues type And you know what God did with me? Because like I said, I would find it hilarious. That one is on the floor. That one, I, I, I found that hilarious. I was wondering, how can a sensible person come to church and fly around? It was hilarious for me. Very hilarious. Because every time my mother would speak in tongues, I would like run away from where she is, but it produced results. It produced results. I'll never forget the one time we were... My dad had traveled on a trip, and my sister and I were watching TV with mom in her room. And we dozed off. And then she woke up suddenly at 0 2 and said, Speaking in tongues. Like this woman, we are trying to sleep. And then that night, the, like that very day, dad was traveling back. Now, he was in a very bad accident, a very bad one, and did not even have a scratch. So I, I connected the door, so I was like, <laughs> she woke up at zero two, <laughs> she spoke in tongues. I was connecting dots. And despite the fact that we found some of those things strange, we knew that if we wanted like some spiritual backing, like one time we discovered like a Satanist in the family, like not rumors and shit, like he confessed. So, <laughs> so now there was a meeting. Now there was a meeting to like handle the confession. You think anyone wanted to go? <laughs> we all we were like, where is mom? Like we we'll only go when mom is there. Why? Because she was the one speaking strange languages. So at least hey! she could. <laughs> if they are to hear there are one or two things in the family, who will they go? Is it not true? Now, um, Allow me to just continue. You guys are enjoying the story. The first few years were a bit hard. Like I said, some of you who grew very fast in the faith. There was a part of me that was still admiring worldly people. I felt like they were having all the fun. Then I'm just this guy suffering <laughs> for the Lord's sake. When they all stayed dating and having girlfriends, I was just that single guy. Who oh, girls were busy texting, you're boring. <laughs> I was told that before. <laughs> so <laughs> for a moment it felt as if God had like like that 
like, it's like, what was there for me to do now? Like, what was life now? And um, I remember one time I'm walking and I see these guys, like, they were in their cars, they were chilling, I think they were having chills. And my goodness, they looked like they were having the life. And I'm just that guy <laughs> with zero friends. I remember one time I sat, I'm like, God, will I ever have friends? I had zero friends at some point. One or two, but you know what I mean when I say zero, it means there are very few. Like sometimes you check the phone, there's no one to text. Maybe like if one or two, three friends who are prayerful from school, but then you can't text them after school, you're together the whole day. And it's a boys' school. <laughs> you talk about everything. And then, and then I remember very well, like God was being very deliberate in what he was teaching me. So I was reading the Bible by choice. Sorry, not by choice, but what else was there to do? So I was reading the Bible and I was learning. And like I said, I kept, there was a part of me that still admired worldly people. I thought they had all the fun. They had all the freedom. And I felt like I was living in a box, whereas they had all the freedom. It's only years later when I discovered who was free and who wasn't. Let me give you an example. Can you imagine I can commit to be faithful to my wife and actually do it? Then somebody else can want to But there are a few challenges which are beyond them. Who's actually free? I can commit to be a godly parent and actually do it. Because the strength doesn't come from me. Can I continue with my story? We're getting somewhere. Somebody said the state of man before salvation. So time went on like I said, there was still that wilderness. And uh, you know Pastor Matthew Banda, right? Pastor Matthew Banda is <laughs> he's interesting. He's one of the first people that mentored me. And what does he decide to do? He calls us for a meeting. And then he takes us to that. There's that it used to be like a park or something. I don't know if it's still there. In Woodlands. Where people would go chill. And there will be people smoking. People doing this. People doing that. That's where he took us to have the meeting from. And then us were busy praying in tongues. while all those guys are doing that. <laughs> In case you think we are tough on you. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and then eventually my heart just started getting yonder. And then I reached a place where I started hungering for the things I used to laugh at. Like, God, I also want that. Like, I also want that. I, I was reading some of my old books. I didn't have diaries by then. I would write my exercise books. And I was reading and I wrote, God, how come me? I don't get slim. It's just everybody else. Me, Nishi, what's wrong? And then as time went by, a passion to preach the word came. Except this time, it was beyond the fact that I was a good public speaker. I just wanted everyone to understand this gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, before a man is saved, they're in a deplorable state. And Jesus describes this state. Please pay attention. This could be the most important message you ever hear.
Luke 5, verse 30 to 32. Now, we've got a lot of medical people here, right? This is probably one of their favorite verses. Because I think medical people got tired of hearing, when the doctor, that doctor is a liar. <laughs> like, ah, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't lying. I just gave you a diagnosis. I just gave you facts. <laughs> Sometimes you would wonder why many medical people are not going to church. Some, those are some of the reasons. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Talking about Jesus. Jesus answered them. Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. So just to comfort the doctors who've been called liars for a while, Jesus compared himself to a physician. He compared his ministry to that of a physician. And then he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now what's interesting is that at this period, there was no one who was righteous. So meaning there were some people who were self-imposed righteous. And Jesus said, you're not, my, you're not the ones I've come for. And that's why even as you're evangelizing, be careful to know who genuinely wants maybe a logical debate or to hear or somebody who already has a view and just wants to argue with you. No matter what you say, they just want to argue. Be careful. I don't waste time with some people. I used to. Never won them over. There are very few people I won over like that. Very few. You can win the argument, but sometimes you don't even win them. Next verse. Okay, then he talks about fasting. So Jesus describes the state of man before him in comparison to the state of a sick person who needs a doctor. Now, if you've been in the medical field, of which some of them in the medical field here will agree with me, is that one of the worst things you can do is be a sick person with a bad attitude. Let me say that again. <laughs> Even if you've just taken care of people who are not well before, you would agree with me. Now, one of the worst things is a person who's sick, but their attitude is bad. So they are not cooperating, they're answering you rudely, and they're doing everything they can to make your job difficult. Because in essence, you may need their cooperation as well. That's why the prescription is given and explained to the sick person. So the challenge that we have sometimes is that we've got people who are worldly. They know there's a void inside. They know they're empty inside. They know that they're performing unrighteous dead works, but their attitude is... Now if I'm to stand up, what will everyone think of me? Who cares what everyone will think of you? What do you think they will think of you on the final day? Come on. How is that even an issue? How is no wonder the kingdom of God is received when a person is like a child. Children don't care. Trust me, I know. If they want milk, if they want milk, they don't care whether you're tired, you're busy, you had a good day, you had a long day. If they want it, they'll cry for it. Perhaps that's the kind of hunger Jesus wants. And even for those of you who have an opportunity to attend things like foundation class, salvation course, you're put in the group and you can dare not reply. How do you expect to grow? Have you ever read First Peter 2 verse 2? 
You are in cell ministry. You can dare ignore a message. Do, do you really want this gospel? Do you understand it? Have you ever read First Peter 2 verse 2? We put you in orientation. You can ignore us. Sometimes it's just a lack of hunger. It says as newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Meaning your growth is not dependent on how long you've been in Christ in terms of years. Your growth is dependent on how much of the word you've interacted with. And you can never grow without hunger. That's why you find someone's on the same level year after year. They never change. They are still the same year after year. Because we don't make time for the gospel. We don't, we don't make time to understand it. And let me just say this. Have you ever read the parable of the sower? Have you noticed the explanation of the parable? It says there are those who receive the word and do not understand it. And then Satan comes to steal it from them. Now, do you know that that shows that the responsibility to understand the word is not with the preacher. It's with you who's listening. What do I mean? way that a lecturer lectures and it's you to understand and you'll be graded based on your understanding in the same way when we share the word it's up to you to get it read it meditate on it ask questions if you have to but understanding it is your responsibility have you ever seen how hungry people are for answers when it's two days before an exam they can ask their worst enemy ah, so how do you solve this question so let's say there's something, there's a statement you never understood today. Why not ask yourself, leader? Where is the hunger? Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to raise a church that's not hungry. That, that I've refused. No, that we've refused. We're not going to do that. Nah, uh, 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 uh. That we're not going to do. We're not going to raise a lukewarm church. Not here. This is city of the Lord Church for crying out loud. Zealous is our middle name. No, if you didn't scream for that one, scream now. Praise God. Now, I want us to look at what the sinful nature of man is. Man's state. So we've identified scripturally. You find man is compared to a sick person. Romans 7. Paul explains this state. And he uses himself as an example. And I want us to see it. Now, I'll be skipping a few verses from verse 7. It says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would, I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said you shall not covet. Let's continue. Uh-huh. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. You understand shortly. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Now let me just clarify something. There are times people have asked concerning children. If the Lord Jesus came today, does the child go to heaven? Do they go to a circle or something like that? The Bible is very clear. It says, I was alive once without the law. So that means as long as a child has not reached a stage of accountability where they can understand the gospel and can understand right or wrong, 
They are alive. They are alive. I hope that answers questions people have had. Then it says, sin, because man then inherited sin from Adam. So what sin does is that it takes opportunity of the law and desires to break it. And that's why you find people are all desiring to do things they've been told not to. So you find maybe they've grown up and maybe their grandma sat them down and said, hey, women are fire. Don't, don't go. That's what they want. <laughs> My child, do not be drinking. Okay, let's see how that drinking feels like, which I've been told not to be doing. You find there's this desire in man to do what they're not supposed to do. Let's continue reading. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. Now he's describing the law. The Ten Commandments were not given so that man could be saved. The Ten Commandments were given. And the other ones, they were given so that man could recognize their sinful state. And that man needed a savior. Let's go on. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Uh-huh. So in case maybe somebody is here is thinking, oh my goodness, I messed up bad. You don't know how bad my thoughts have been, my life has been, my actions have been. You're not the only one. Therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just as good. And just and good. Let's continue. We'll be a bit fast. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. And that's why you'll notice even the jokes, the talking. If a lady in um, a class, let's say you had a girl's school. I, I, I noticed this with my sister. She once received a call and she was asked that question. And if somebody is called, that's the Holy Mary of the class. Have you realized that in ordinary settings, it's not even a compliment? It's actually a mockery. What would they rather be called? A Jezebel? No, I, which one is better? That's why I, I've told you this before and I'll say it again. Somebody came to my office crying. And they're like, they're making fun of me. They call me a busa. I'm like, what are you trying to say about me? <laughs> No, but notice what is popularized. And unfortunately, right now, even with preachers, what they're popularizing now is celebrating flaws. I don't know. Okay, no, let me, let me skip this. <laughs> listen, listen, I just don't know. I know there are stages in life, but I think no matter what stage you're at, we must be looking unto Jesus, meaning we must be always aiming for a certain level. Right? But I don't know if Jesus came so that when it's all said and done, we'll all look at each other one day when he's about to come and say, broken crayons still color. I don't know if he wants them to remain like that. Maybe there's something better. Maybe we can celebrate how it's coloring. And then believe God for it to come to wholeness. Well, we're not mocking anyone for the stage that they're at. The same way a doctor doesn't mock a sick person. 
or even a person who was healthy before but they've had a challenge with their health but the whole aim is to bring them back to restoration of health that's the whole aim so sometimes um, I'm called like a perfectionist in thinking but anyways you have to be like that if you're going to perfect the saints you have to believe that the saints can be perfected and I believe in every one of you hey if no one has ever believed in you I said I believe in every one of you I believe in what the gospel can do in you, for you, and through you. Now, for we know that the law is spiritual. Now, this is the state of man, right? He says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Next verse. Have you noticed that the most famous influencers in Zambia are very immoral and vulgar in their postings? Why do you guys like their pages? What, what's attractive about that to you? It's different, maybe, maybe because you like their page because they sing nicely or maybe they write nice articles. But where all that's on their pages is vulgarness and immorality. Why do you like their pages? Why is worldliness so attractive to you? Every now and then, my wife knows this. I check through to see what Christians are commenting. No, I check to know what someone is to preach. <laughs> someone would say, Pastor, are you saying your sermons are targeted? Book of Corinthians was targeted. There was an issue. Paul even said, Paul even said, who told him? <laughs> Imagine, like, the messages come, and then it's even saying, uh-huh, so that one there told me that that one there has been doing this. So now here's my message to all of you. <laughs> Let's go. Then he says, for what I am doing, I don't know if you've ever been there, or perhaps you're there. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. My God. That's a very sad place. That's not freedom. That's bondage. But there is freedom. Let's go on. Then he says, if then I do what I will, I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. Meaning most people have that, unless their conscience has just been demonized. Most people have an inner knowing that this is good and this is not. Especially if you've been brought up in the faith. Let's go on. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Next verse. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Uh-huh. For the good that I will to do, he says it again, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that one I practice. Next verse. Find somebody told themselves, I will save myself until marriage. Before they knew it, no, I was in love. Then you know what worldliness does? Let me tell you what worldliness does. It grows. Let me tell you what I mean. 
Somebody once came to me with the situation and I mentioned saying, you know, if this continues for the next four years, you'll find yourself now at this level. I said, it's not possible. I said, no, let's go back four years ago. If I told you that this is what you would be doing, would you have agreed? And they said, no. So wilderness grows, it sucks you in. Let me tell you how else I know, because a lot of people that I remember who were having innocent fun, most of them, if they didn't get saved, got worse. No, just think back to everyone you are having innocent fun with and look at their state. Somebody would say they would never smoke now knows the different kinds. This is this, this is that. Then when you do this one like this, then when you do this one like that. Someone who said they would never drink can tell you the different kinds of mixers, the different kinds of this, the different kinds of this, what to drink on which budget. <laughs> because worldliness grows. You find somebody who would say they would never uh, sleep around. Is now, call, is now recruiting first years at their school and saying, hey, you, you're still keeping yourself. That's not how you do that. With a boy, A, B, C, D. I know what I'm talking about. Let's go on. Worldliness grows. I find then that the law is present with me, the one who wills to do good. We'll wrap it up shortly. Uh-huh. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Uh-huh. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So someone may be in that place. Where they're saying, okay, <laughs> pastor, you make sense. But what can I do? What can I do? I'm addicted. What can I do? This is the only way I know how to live. So he says, who can deliver me from this? Next verse. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So who delivers from this? The Lord Jesus. And the argument continues if you keep reading now. Then chapter 8 comes. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk. Uh, but that's something we'll explain another day. And then he says, for the law of uh, spirit and life has set me free from the law of sin and death. So in short, it, it continues. It doesn't end there. That doesn't have to be your end story. We're still going. Are still going. Somebody say glory to God. Glory Ask your neighbor, are you learning something? Amen. This one I need to now explain. The other ones I'll explain. Can I just explain one more? The other state of man is they are under the influence of demonic spirits. Satan and demonic spirits. Now there are some people who say, I don't believe in demons. Shun, shun, shun. <laughs> if you knew the things we have seen, the things we have cast out, huh? <laughs> I was 16 or 17. 
and I received the call. They brought to me a young lady who was really not herself. Have you, you looked at her, she was just looking confused. I asked for the case history. So apparently that young lady had come into contact with a false prophet. And it was bad because the prophet and the wife told her family that she needed deliverance and so she needed to live with them for some time. Now he was a false prophet and so they would make her lie down in the bed and he would go into her with the wife right next. That means it was a ritual. And they're also getting a lot of money from the family. Eventually, when the family discovered, they took her to a witch doctor, who just made things worse. She, the effects were on the mind, the effects were on the body as well. And I remember commanding that devil in the name of Jesus to leave. And after a short period of time, we had a manifestation. And because that false prophet was richer, was using rituals, it means somehow they were caught up and they're the ones who had planted those things in them. So they started begging me not to do anything. I was not a pastor or anything, I was just a child of God who knew my authority. <laughs> And rather than hosting parties and the like, I'll cast out demons. So, casted it out and it left. We didn't keep in touch. And one time I'm walking near Zikas and I'm stopped. Like, excuse me? Don't you remember me? Like, who? Oh. <laughs> and they explained that it was the very same person. Such poise, such elegance, someone who couldn't make a sentence. Such poise, elegance, and um, everything had cleared up. They were in school. And they reminded me that we casted out that devil from them. Counseling is good, but some people need something removed. <laughs> I had an experience. Um, wonderful member now. Someone posted something like, I hate God or something like that. And I commented, I said, can we meet? And they didn't know why, but they accepted. We actually even sent transport and they traveled. So a person is seated over there, very angry. And they were female, but they were somewhat like big guyish and everything. And so I started trying to say, you know these things. And I was just getting harsh answers. And I heard the Lord say, can you cast it out? I said, okay, can I pray for you? I said, okay. I said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And then next thing we know, a chair flew. <laughs> I forgot who was ushering that day, but it should be from the deco department. All I know is that someone just went, that's why when casting out devils, you watch and pray. <laughs> Because now demons are out, out. <laughs> and you make sure what you see, that day. 
Praise God. <laughs> and we casted it out. The moment it was cast out, I will never forget. Suddenly someone loved the Lord, loved me. <laughs> loved us all. And then wanted to fix their hair in the mirror. They just wanted to feel a bit girly. I can tell you, I have stories. A lot of them I've just never told you. I can tell you story after story after story. Demons have already been judged. Their judgment has been set. So what they do is that they champion evil behavior among men so that men should join them in their judgment. And they affect the mind. They can affect the hormones of a person. I've dealt with cases where someone just wants to sleep with five people in one day. Because there's just something they need to deal with. It means there's something they expose themselves to. And it allowed a demon spirit to, how can I put, heighten desires to such an extent that they can't humanly control them. So we cast it out and then we cancel them on how to have self-control of the normal ones because that's now very abnormal. (laughs) I can tell you story after story after story. One time, this is like, I wake up to a dream. I'm at Onza and I woke up to a dream of a classmate and I was casting out a devil from that classmate and in the dream I was saying, you foul spirit of drunkenness. Come out. No, I think I said drunkenness or alcoholism. I don't remember. And so I wake up. And I didn't know that person like on a personal level. But I was tired. Don't do what I did. I was tired. So I wake up like at six. And I call like somebody who knows him. Like, do you have that person's number? They're like, yeah. Then I called the person. I said, hi. I had a dream that I was casting out a demon of... <laughs> don't do that. Don't do it like that. <laughs> I said, I had a dream that I was casting out a demon of um, alcoholism and stuff like that from you. And the person laughed. Like, ha, ha, really? You believe in such stuff? I'm like, Yeah. So I'm like, uh, you can find a person who didn't even drink. And he said, actually, I drink every day, but no, it can't be a demon. I can stop when I want to. Like, Why haven't you stopped? I said, can we meet? And they said, yes. And, and they were telling me, you know, this stuff, guys, we all know it's not real. Then God begins to tell me about them. And I said, that's just psychology. I mean, we're together in psychology classes and stuff like that. I said, okay, stand over there, I'll stand here. I said, in the name of Jesus. Boom, on the ground. And that demon, we cast it out. What am I trying to say? When man is not saved, devils can do whatever they feel like. They become a playground. How do you have a person who, because the moon is like this, then they should behave a certain way? Or because when they were sleeping, they turned to the left. Then when they wake up, then that day it's a certain way. A left side of the bed can influence you. Or because, no, think about this. Because somebody went somewhere in private, they got your name, and then they smoked, ooh, Frederick, Frederick. (laughs) And then you can suddenly just wake up. That means you're subject to anything. Anything. Someone can get a black chicken, kill it, and it ends your life. You know, I, I had a dream once where we were about to have a conference and God showed me an attack from the enemy. Like, where they were using like these black chickens. And then I looked and I'm like, 
the Holy Spirit. This is a black chicken. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> and I laughed. How, how on earth could they think that could happen? What am I trying to say? And you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Some people have pondokered. Because they drank soup, which they had, somebody had put something in it. How spiritually impoverished. That's, that, that's a sign of spiritual impoverishment. Now, there are evil spirits. I'll give you an example of an evil spirit. The spirit of the world. You see why you can't walk out right now. You need to hear this. The challenge with walking out right now is that the message is not yet complete. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. For some of us, I'm sure we're seeing what God saved us from. Because haven't you ever sat down and wondered, but why was I thinking like that? It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. It says the spirit of the world. So there is the spirit of the world. What does it encourage? Worldliness. Find every 21-year-old is just doing the same things and they all think they're unique. <laughs> there is the spirit of the world which encourages what? Worldliness. And that's not the spirit we've received. There's also the spirit of fear. Why are you just afraid of everything and anything? I remember it's something that the Lord helped me with. You're praying. Satan even knows how to get to you. You're praying, you just feel like a <laughs> <laughs> It says we've not received the spirit of fear, but of what? Love, power, and a sound mind. Praise God. The one that says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. As in, there was a time when walking in town, if I see at Dr. Shan Shan Shan, yeah, I will not pass in that area now. <laughs> I even make sure I walk near Shaka Talaba fire. I'll be walking like I put you out of business in Jesus' name. Come on. <laughs> now, okay, we'll teach on the believers' authority. <laughs> ha! <laughs> All the other days where the believer's authority just gets to you. One time I remember my young cousin, I don't know, he woke up to this dream where like it was just full of blood and this and this and he was just like in a very bad state. And I've forgotten what I was doing, but they came to call me. Like, you need, you need to help, you need to help, you need to help. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, let him sleep on the bed with me. I said, you sleep. And I said, Satan, if you're devil enough, come. <laughs> like, bring it on. <laughs> never happened again. Now, there's things such as the spirit of the world. There's the spirit of whoredom. It's in the Bible. You know what the spirit of whoredom does? It makes people prostitute their faith to serve other gods. Like why you're a Christian but you're doing all sorts of other things. That's the spirit of whoredom. Look at Hosea 5 and verse 4.
they do not direct their deeds towards turning to their God. Give me from the King James. Verse 4, please. They will not frame their doings to turn unto their God, for the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them, and they have not known God. So this one is seen in their deeds. Every Friday you have to go out. Every Saturday you have to go out. Then because you once saw a status that come to church the way you are, then every Sunday you, you pray a prayer. Now if you keep staying the way you are, there will be a challenge. Come yes as you are, but if you keep staying the way you are, you're already making plans for another adventure. And I'm talking about adventures for misdoings. No pastor. What if you just go to the club and just like sit and only just like drink Fanta? How come all the other times you used to go there, you never just sat and drank Fanta? <laughs> and then there's that one day. It says, lead us not into temptation. Why lead yourself? I don't know if you're getting my point. Ladies, guys, oh my God. Some years ago, I had a crazy vision. I was jogging. I saw the ground opening. And there were people who were like, and it was like, fine, they were like, we're here because you didn't preach to us. And then there was another group that said, we're here because you didn't mentor us. Oh my God. That's why I take this stuff very seriously and I'm very honest. Because I could have just been anybody else. God could have just left me. Right now, I don't, whether I would have been alive or not, I don't know. But probably I would have just gotten worse. And you can clearly see I'm a passionate person. So I can only imagine <laughs> how bad it would have gotten. Have you ever looked at someone and you're like, I'm glad that one is saved. This energy in the world. <laughs> Like, <laughs> or maybe those who like when they got saved as in the like in, in hell there was like sadness in Chani. <laughs> we've lost a <the> general <laughs> this one was first in line <laughs> okay that's just a joke but what I'm trying to say is guys uh, I cannot help but say it to you as it is and you know let me just give a caution do you know that there are some people who remain the same even after we've casted out a demon you know why? They've learned enough from it to mimic its personality. Let me explain. You find somebody had a demonic spirit of lying. And then you cast it out. But they've learned how to do it. without. The, they don't even need the demon spirit. They can do it just like it's become... They've shaped themselves like that. Let me show you from the script. That's where now renewing of the mind comes in. Now what does renewing of the mind do? It transforms you. You are no longer the same person. Let me show you. There's a reason why a person should work out their salvation with fear and trembling. Look at what Jesus said. Matthew 12 verse 43. It says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, what happens to the unclean spirit? He walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. You can go back to NKGV. Next verse. So that's what happens to demon spirits. They walk around. They don't know whether you said die by fire. Currently, they have not yet been. I'm not saying it's wrong to say die by fire, but they don't die. According to Jesus. There will be a day that will be set, but they don't die. They're all there. Every demon we've ever casted out. Those same demons of Mary Magdalene, they're still there looking for other people. They are still there. Now it says, then he says, what, what, what manner of 
nonsense is this by the demon? The demon says, I'll return to my house from which I came. <laughs> this should make you angry. That whenever it feels like just says, ah, <laughs> anyways, they will go back to church, they'll cast us out, then some will need up at door. <laughs> So imagine the demon goes like, I'll return to my house. Now here is the part you need to see from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, put in order. Meaning, it's the same house it left. No transformation. Still the same person. Watching the same things. Hanging out with the same friends. Going to the same places. Feeding themselves the same material. It's like, ah. Uh-uh. House is still in order, meaning it left not because the person didn't want it, but it left because maybe the preacher was just, um, you know, on fire. And, and, the light. and it just couldn't stand the fire in the church. But it comes back, ah, okay, the patterns are still there. I can end, and what does it do? Let's read. It's not me, it's Jesus. Then he says, okay, let's have some security this time. He goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. Meaning even wickedness is in levels. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. That's why I'll tell you something about deliverance and how it works. Firstly, on you who practices the ministry of deliverance, holiness is key. Then on the person who receives the ministry of deliverance, the renewing of the it's not complete without the renewing of the mind it's not complete without it when the renewing of the mind happens it comes and says hey what's this no 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 i left a caterpillar i found a butterfly like like this is that's not the house that was there why because the person is transformed by the renewing of the mind so it's a caution also the other caution is this do you know that even a believer can allow satan to influence them Study Ananias and Sapphira. If Satan could just enter them at will, how come it's not Satan who was rebuked there? It was Ananias. It says, how, have you, how has Satan filled your heart? And then who received the judgment? Was it Satan or Ananias? It was Ananias. So this thing of, no, you know, I don't know what happened. It's just the devil. The devil has already been judged. They blame the devil syndrome. He's already been judged. For a born-again Christian, it should, you should wonder how you allowed him. It means there was a doorway. There was a pathway. And scripturally, you know, for example, that your eyes are gates. You know that your heart is, has a gate. I stand at the door and knock. Where is Jesus knocking? At your heart. There's a door. Meaning you can allow him to enter. How many of you remember that? Um, okay, come, come, the both of you. Come, please. Have you ever <laughs> seen a situation where <laughs> you can stand in front? Here's what you do. Are you still there? Okay. Chipiri, come through. Let me tell you what happens. 
So you're like, okay, bitterness is knocking at the door of your heart and you've got a justifiable reason to be bitter. And you say, bitterness, enter. You find there's like a friend that enters behind. And before you know it, you're now experiencing a very heightened level of offense. Meaning in that moment, you've let Satan enter your heart. Haven't you seen in the scriptures, be angry and sin not. And then it says, do not give the devil a foothold. That's to Christians. And the challenge with Satan is that you give him a foot, he grabs a leg. You can take your seats. Now, ladies and gentlemen, with men in that state, I can't help but preach this gospel. I don't know how you cannot preach that gospel, knowing that there's somebody out there who might break his family because someone put something in their tea at work. How, that's a very defenseless state. Knowing that there's somebody out there who might go do all sorts of ridiculous things because some influencer posted that it's cool to do it. It's a horrible state. We can't help but preach this to everyone and also help disciple those who've not been saved. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want us to take this more serious than we've ever taken it. The Apostle Peter says, make your election sure. Now, it's a very honest question. Are you born again? Are you a new creation? Is your name written in the book of life? Are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Now, I haven't finished the sermon because there are other parts which would take me two hours. I'll finish it later. But if I'm to go all the way to the end, I would tell you that that's why Jesus came. He didn't come because he wanted to find people who are perfect. No. The doctor came for those who were not well. And then he doesn't care how long the... By don't care, I mean it doesn't affect his ministration. How long the person has been unwell? Whether they had pride about it at first. He's still willing to help you. But the question is, are you born again? Are you saved? Of course, there are those who are in the category of saved, but they now need some discipline. But there are some who are listening to me who are not saved. Like if they're to be honest with themselves, they know they're not born again. They know there's that emptiness inside. They know there's that void. They know that someone is missing. Or perhaps someone, something from somewhere else might be present. Now, whichever category that is in, some may be like me. Maybe you were brought up in the right path, but at some point, strayed away from it. Perhaps this is your call back home. And the Bible says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Meaning, as I'm speaking right now, you can hear in your heart, you can tell. For some, there's a testimony inside that I'm born again, I'm born again. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you saved me from. Then for others, it's, I need to be born again. I need to give my life to Christ. Now, whether you're the only one or you're many of you, without looking at anybody else, if you want to respond to this protocol, I want you to raise your hand and raise it high. I see the hands. I see the hands. Just keep raising them. Keep raising them. Keep raising them. Listen, I'm 100% sure there are more. 
I'm 100% sure there are more. That's why God allowed you to hear me today. Uh, keep your hands raised for you all. Don't worry. Most of you have seen have raised your hands. They're young, so you're energetic. If it gets tired, raise the other one. So now, um, <laughs> there are some who are having a debate within themselves. Is this me? It's not me. Am I ready? Am, am, am I not ready? Just fall into the arms of the Father. He'll help you. You take one step, he takes 9,900 and, uh, and, and all that. So if there are anybody else, raise your hand, please. Anybody else. Like I said, for some it's a rededication. But I still want you to be in this quarter call. Just raise your hand. Wonderful. Those who've raised their hands, just stand. Stand, please. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Have you come to the end of your Is there anybody else? Do you thirst for if there is anybody else, there is that debate within you. Jesus Listen, you don't have to live that life anymore. Maybe you've been living a double life. You don't need to be in that double life anymore. The Lord Jesus is here and is here to save you. If there is anybody else, just come, just come, just come, just come. Perhaps someone is saying, I'm a Christian sometimes. Come on, you can come to the fullness today. Come to the fullness of what God has for you. Come to the fullness. The Father's arms are open wide. Okay, let's hold on for a second. I'm very serious today. I know I always am. But I would like you to check on your neighbor. Ask them a few questions. No, I, I mean, honestly, just ensure they're born again. Maybe some might be shy. Maybe they need you to escort them. Ask them if they know. Leaders, if you want, you can even just move around and ask around. If someone is not sure, maybe they want you to explain for them further after church. Make an appointment to talk after church. Guys, I'm serious. Ask your neighbor. Leaders! Move around and ask a few people. I'm giving you two minutes. Come today, there is no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Keep coming. Bring your sorrows and trade. Guys, come on, ask each other. I'm serious. People need encouragement sometimes. And Jesus is calling. So come to the altar. The Father's arms are oh, forgiveness. Forgiveness was part with the precious Come to, so come to the orchard, the Father's arms One more. Was born with, was born with the precious, precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't he one? Wonderful, sing hallelujah.
Now what we're going to do uh, Ministry People are speaking in tongues already Ministry team And I couldn't prepare Because I want us to pray for each of them Once we're done So like prepare yourselves If they're running short of leaders One or two cell leaders here and there Pastor Cho you coordinate that Because I want all of them prayed for at least for a minute We are so glad to have you that's why you can be playing for me, Father's child. We're so glad to have you. We're so glad to have you. Welcome. Lift your hands. And I want you to say this after me. Say it with boldness. Say it with confidence. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. You lived. You died. You were buried. And you rose from the dead. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, I'm born again. Now church, from your seats, I want you to participate. I want everyone to take a minute to just pray for our new brothers and sisters as we pray for them. And that side you can sing for me, Father's Child. Let's go. Let's pray for each of them. Everyone should receive at least a minute. At least a minute. So Pastor Cho, coordinate in such a way that they are all prayed for. to be but on a sea right by his Can separate me from 
us come. Now let us come to Him. No matter who we are, the price is paid. The path is clear. Wow! Don't be ashamed. His love has washed away our sins. His blood. Revealed what we shall be in times to come, but what can be more glorious than to be with our God forever in His arms and to be called. And to be good. Let's go. So I have tasted what once I know for this, but now pure. And what can It's okay, give them a moment. Doesn't everyone just feel glad they are saved? Are you happy you are saved? In 30 seconds, just thank God for saving you. Thank you. Thank you. My daddy, you are. My daddy. My daddy, you are to me. Oh, let their lives be on fire in the name of Jesus. On fire for you, oh God. My daddy, you are. My daddy, you are. Now, if you say that prayer and you are watching, there is a link on the description. That says if you just got saved. There's a link on the description that says if you just got saved. Then join this group. Join that group. We'll record your details. Wonderful. We've come, ladies and gentlemen, towards the end. But I just want one more minute of just incense. And just thank him for your salvation. Yes, I'm living proof of what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole world upside down, took the old and he made it new 
That's just what the mercy of God can do. See, I'm alive to tell the story. I'll have overcome. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of His blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done, but His goodness and mercy and the power of His blood. And thought I deserved to be six feet beneath the earth all those things I said oh I would still be lost but for the mercies of God but for the mercy of God I'm alive Said I'm alive to tell the story I'll have overcome It's His goodness and mercy And the power of His blood I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done It's His goodness and mercy Okay, one last part, let's go Was the cross meant for me That my Savior carried That I've been made free By the mercy of God and was a grave meant for me where my sin lay buried now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God and what can wash away all sin nothing the blood of Jesus and what has made me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus how precious is that flow that makes me white as snow and no other found I know it's nothing but the blood thank you Lord May we never forget in Jesus' name. Let's bless your month.
Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this new month, this new quarter. Now, I stand as the priest you've ordained over this house. Lord, your children have plans for this quarter. They have plans for this month. And I lift my hands and I bless them. I bless them. Their plans are caused to prosper. Their hopes, those silent battles, that warfare in the mind, it's dealt with. Those anxieties, fears, they are dealt with. Lord, let this be a month where they see so many blessings come together at once. Things they've worked towards, things they've believed for for years. Let this be a month of settlement. Those who are supposed to move into certain places, let them move there. Those who are supposed to be employed, they are employed in the right localities. They are not just scattered anywhere. Even those who applied for those health jobs, they are given in the right localities. Let this be the month where those businesses are launched. Let this be the month where those results come out well. Even those who may have had challenges in those exams. Let your mercy, let your mercy supersede the lecturer's judgment. In the name of Jesus. Let this be that month. Let this be that quarter where depression heals. Lord, those who've been believing for healing. This is that time where the body responds to God. In the name of Jesus. All of you will still see you at the end of the month. Will still see you at the end of the quarter. You all stay alive. None of you is a victim of accidents. None of you is in any accident. None of you is in any unfortunate situation. None of you has your property stolen. You make progress. And this is the blessing for you. That may the Lord God perfect everything that concerns you. In Jesus' name. Come on, just bless somebody around. Hey! Hey! Joy in the house. We're about to say the grace.
in what sorts of wonders Jesus can do. Said what sorts of wonders Jesus can do. Everybody, hey, he has done it for me. Praise the Lord! Now, notice David said, Restore to me the what? So, meaning salvation comes with joy. Like, and that's how you should spend your week. Like, keep walking. When you're walking, you hear something, you just go, You are highly lifted up. Awesome God. And, and, and when you're entering class, the office this week, enter with a spring in your step. You know what I mean? With, with like a small dance. When they ask, Why the dancing? You say, I am a <laughs> okay, let's say the grace. <laughs> no! Let's go. Everybody, the amazing grace. The extravagant love of God. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of